When kids reach a certain age, they start raising a lot of questions. Find out how to handle them on this episode of Snork. You've read the blog? Now hear it straight from the source. This is Snork, the podcast with Anita Rosner. Spoiler alert. Before we kick off this episode, you may want to clear small children from the room or the car or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. I'd say you'll want to preview this before you let anyone under the age of 16 hear it. And I'm being very conservative, but you know your kids better than I do. This is your fair and final warning. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. What could we possibly be talking about today? No, it's not sex, not drugs, not Tinder. No, we're talking about magic. The kind of magic that can make childhood the most charmed and enchanted place. Not to sound maudlin, but we all know the world can be scary, especially for kids. So a well-developed imagination can be an oasis from the chaos and confusion Now, maybe you're one of those pragmatic types who lives in a world of cold, hard facts. Let's not kid ourselves, right? There's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, which is actually nothing more than a weather event caused by sun shining through moisture in the air. Lighten up, Francis. But I think there's plenty of room for make-believe. To me, it's a gift to be able to imagine and to dream especially during the holidays when we want nothing more than to bask in fantastical traditions and fairy tales. I hoped that whimsical state of mind would last forever in my own kids. But then came the day most parents dread. Let me tell you what happened in a story I call Believing is Believing. I hope you like it. I knew it! I could hear my daughter's squeaky little voice coming through her door. She was maybe about seven years old at the time. Emerging triumphantly into the hallway, she began waving something in my face. At first I thought it was a grain of rice, but her maniacal grin revealed a new gap along her bottom gums. Look! she said. Sure enough, she held one of her baby teeth between her fingers. I lost this last night, but I didn't tell a grown-up, and this morning the tooth was still there, and there was no money. I knew the tooth fairy wasn't real. Now, another parent may have buckled. Another parent might have choked. But you've got to get up pretty early in the morning to outfox this fox. 
with the cool detachment of a seasoned poker player or sociopath, I said, well, of course she didn't come. The tooth fairy communicates telepathically with grown-ups. If the grown-ups don't know you've lost a tooth, she won't know you've lost a tooth. My daughter eyed me suspiciously, then declared, well, I don't believe she exists. She was still so young, I wasn't ready for her to give up on that charming childhood tradition. It stung me some, but she wasn't done yet. Deciding to push another button, she added, and I don't believe in the Easter Bunny either. Seeing I was still squarely on kilter, she tried to pound the final nail into my mommy coffin by adding, Or Santa. No! On the inside, I died a little bit. But on the outside, there were no cracks in my facade. I knew that my reaction would either prolong those fairy tales for a little while or make her a cynic well before her time. So without skipping a beat, I called her bluff. Gee, that's too bad. She looked worried. Why? she asked. I had her right where I wanted her. Because, I said, when you stop believing, they stop coming. Hmm, she thought for a minute. I could see her wheels turning. My girl is pretty cagey, having fallen only about three inches from the tree. Finally, she asked me, What if I fake believe? Incredible, I thought. This kid is relentless. But I just shrugged my shoulders and calmly said, Nope, that's not how it works. Okay, fine, she grumbled as she went to replace the tooth back under her pillow. Turning on my heel with my head held high, I went into the bathroom, shut the door, and ran the shower to conceal the sounds of me sobbing into a towel. My son is an entirely different animal. He instinctively knew it would be sad for me when he, quote-unquote, learned the truth about Santa. I should probably confess here that when I discovered he'd outgrown Baby Gap and graduated to Gap Kids, as was explained to me by a cold-hearted sales associate with no soul, I literally started crying right there in the middle of the store. So this growing up thing was a very delicate subject for me. Anyway, it was a few days before Christmas when he said he needed to talk to me. He had that look people get when they know they're going to tell you something you're not going to like, but they have to tell you anyway. I have a confession to make, he began. You're 12, I thought. What could you possibly have to confess? I felt a chill run through me. He stammered and stalled a little bit. Unlike his sister, he was trying to let me down easy. Well, he said, I snooped. Snooped? I asked. I looked under the bed in the guest room. Every year, all the presents from Santa are wrapped in distinct Santa wrapping paper with special gift tags written in a curlicue hand that does not resemble mine. Those gifts are stowed under the guest room bed. He had found his presents from Santa when Christmas hadn't even happened yet. The inconsistency in the holiday timeline could not be wriggled out of. I was busted. 
With wide eyes and a sweet, loving heart, he said, I'm sorry, Mom. Don't feel bad. I've actually known for a while. He put his arm around me and said, But don't worry, I won't tell her. The her he was referring to, of course, was his little sister. He was blissfully unaware that she'd already pulled the plug on me during the Tooth Fairy fiasco. But now, here's the funny thing about all this. Kids really don't know everything. If they thought for a moment about all those visits to St. Nick, they would know that he really does exist. I have never stopped believing. In fact, every year, Hubby and I pay that sweet old elf a visit before we go to see the tree at Rockefeller Center. And every year he is just as jolly and warm and welcoming as the year before. And every year, as I'm walking through Macy's Santa Land, I'm a child again, believing in peace on earth, goodwill toward man, and the everlasting spirit and joy of the season. It fills me with a kind of love and comfort that can only be described as magical. One day, my kids will experience that same enchanted feeling again. I know they will, because I believe. Children sleeping, snow is softly falling. You've been listening to Snork, the podcast, written and performed by Anita Rosner. To subscribe, find us on iTunes. For more information, or to send us your comments, visit snorkfest.com. Snork is produced by Chad Dugatz at Hangar Studios in New York City. I'm Dave McLaughlin. Again on Christmas Day